You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get started. We'll go ahead and start a minute early. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, a live show. Uh, Adam Mares is en route. He told me he would be 7 to 10 minutes, which is a very exact number of minutes. If he is more than 10 minutes, uh, I will be docking him Nuggets points. I don't know what those are yet. They're like shrewd fucks. Uh, we're going to talk about today anything you guys want to talk about because there's not a lot going on. Uh, the draft is – we're doing the mock draft for the Locked On Network, and we have trades available. Uh, so if you guys have trade ideas, please shoot them over to us in terms of using the draft pick to either move up, move back, or add a player. Uh, just so you know, Kyle Kuzma is available. If you, uh, uh, Kyle Kuzma. Uh, who wants Kyle Kuzma? That's available. Otherwise, let me know some ideas. We did do an episode last night with TJ McBride going over the free agency situations, which Omar, Omar wants to correct. Omar, what are your corrections that you want to list? Um, you you discussed that the um that the, the, the TV deal is that they're looking basically looking to get eight billion dollars total uh, next t- next time around, right? Yep. McBride expressed some skepticism. Um, I would strongly push back on that uh amazon prime offered the nfl nine figures a game for the total package and that's everything they wanted they wanted all the games sunday thursday monday they offered nine figures a game and they turned it down so (laughs) i mean i understand like the nfl is in a different category of television rights but if they're looking to get eight billion dollars for the whole thing, not just the not just the like, like the Tuesday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday national TV games, that seems highly doable. Like a lot of these streaming services are having a lot of success. The UFC on ESPN Plus has been very successful, mostly due to the pandemic because they were the only thing that was on. But uh, their pay per views on ESPN Plus have done very well better than they were doing on traditional pay-per-view. And that's with uh, pay, like you have to subscribe to ESPN plus just to be able to buy the pay-per-view. So I, I think sports on streaming TV will do very well. You see services like HBO max. Um, it's rumored that they're going to get a couple of the NHL games. Uh, I, I think they'll do pretty well. And speaking of the NHL, ESPN plus bought out all the NHL rights like there's no NHL.TV, there's no NHL Sunday Ticket or League Pass equivalent. It's just all on ESPN Plus with the subscribe with the uh, subscription service. So, uh, what you were saying, based on everything I read about all these other deals, that seems very very reasonable. And you also mentioned the CBA opt out. As of now, I don't think gambling money is BRI. Right now, is that true? Because I know the NFL just got it in and they're looking at like a $250 million salary cap in the next three to four years. Uh, what's so your understanding? I was told, I was told that um, the money they are receiving from their official partners like BetMGM and FanDuel um, are considered BRI. Uh, I, I was told that from the start that was included. Like – the NBA has to be very delicate about, like, um, this is way inside basketball stuff, but uh, a couple of years That's ago. That's what we come here for. Yeah, a couple of years ago, uh, they, the NBA, MBPA actually did an audit 
of all of the league's books in, as part of like the CBA stuff. And they do it for every CBA negotiation. They just, they get an audit of all the books. They're legally uh, allowed to do so. Um, and you just find like a lot of ways that teams and owners hide money away. And like, honestly, like there's been a lot of concern through the years that altitude was a, a mechanism to do so. Uh, I'm not, I am not reporting that that is that any evidence was found thereof. I am just saying that I've heard that there are concerns about owner, uh, like NBA owner owned media stations essentially being ways to hide BRI. Um, so um, the end point of this is that I do think the gambling money will wind up being in the BRI. As far as like the media deal goes, I think something to keep in mind is there's two ends of the spectrum, which is these large media deals do seem extremely lucrative. On the other end of it, you do have the fact that the RSNs are basically just like evaporating, right? Like Bally's yeah. <laughs> bots, they are the Comcast, like, those are evaporating. So I think the question really is, you know, are the are the mass number of NBA games losing value in the regular season in part because of how the players treat them? But then are the large packages still gaining value? I think the answer is probably yes, just based off of the fact that lives like there's so much competition and so many options for streaming. You have so much content produced every single day. Like Netflix has something new every single day. Amazon and Hulu have something new every day. It feels like Um, that in order to differentiate yourself, you need something that's absolutely must watch and sports are that. So I'm with you that I kind of think that that's likely that the TV deal will, even if it's not 8 billion, like if it's 5 billion, that's still a 3 billion increase year over year. Right. So I'm kind of with you on that. Eight seems pretty possible with all the competitors and streaming and what directors and uh, different sorts of studios are being paid. Like if you like if you knew what like Netflix like what Netflix or I mean Amazon just bought the rights for Fast Nine uh, for their IMBD.tv and they paid a boatload for that and that's a movie that they're going to put on a free service with ads. Um, is the Bally's the sports people? Are they the same people that did the gyms? Or is it a different company? No, it's uh, it's Bally's in terms of they are uh, like the Las Vegas hotel. Ah, I thought it was the gym people. Yeah. And I also listening to that too. Um, first off, it like it, it seems like they have, they they really need to extend Aaron Gordon this off season, not only for money but because. I don't think the choice is Aaron Gordon or someone else. It's like Aaron Gordon or nothing because the way the cap is structured, it's going to be really, really hard to add a player like Aaron Gordon if you don't just re-sign Aaron Gordon. And uh, I, I guess, like, moreover, it doesn't make sense to go into the tax unless you're going to play the repeater based off what TJ was saying. Um, his work seems pretty thorough. Uh, TJ's a bright guy, and he knows the cap. <laughs> But like you were saying, I mean, if you just go into the cap for one year, it's those are all going to be long term extensions or, the, or the, if you go into the tax for one year, they're all long term extensions. You're just looking at like maybe you get a year or two of a tax team and then you just sell everything for pennies on the dollar 
and you're left with like Nikola Jokic and nothing, or maybe Jokic, Murray, and nothing, and maybe those guys want to leave. Like, so here's what's what's like an interesting question, right? Is you know Nikola's getting older and getting wiser, and he's hanging out with all stars more and learning more about how this stuff works, and you know his agent and representation will probably inform him on this stuff too. Um, I think part of the conversation is. Jokic has the ability to keep the pressure on them at all times because if Joker comes out, if he doesn't sign an extension, that's the best way to apply pressure. If you're like, hey, you know, we're winning. This team is giving me my best chance to win a championship. We can win a championship with this team. I believe in this team. You know, you keep it together and I'll resign. But if he signs the extension, then that frees them up to – it guarantees his situation, right? He doesn't have to worry about anything. True. Um, and that seems like kind of a joker thing to do, to just be like, I'm not going to worry about it. Like, I got my money. I'm, you know, I'm, I've got my situation settled. I'm going to let the front office do what the front office does, um, which makes a lot of sense. But if he keeps the pressure on them, then they have to keep they – have, they basically have to stay in the tax in order to make sure that they don't lose Jokic. Versus if he signs the extension, that frees them up to be like, okay, we've got Joker, so no matter what, like we'll just re- like you can reconfigure around him, right, 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 and so then they just trade off various pieces. Um, look, I would say like right off the bat, my expectation is that Jamal will resign ad nauseum the whole way. Like I think Jamal wants, like I think there is a part of him that's probably that appeals to the idea of staying with one team. Uh, I didn't always think that was the case, but I think that with where they're at now and how much they're a contending force, like, I don't think there's a better situation for Jamal. Uh, MPJ, like, I'll just go ahead and say it. Like, I expect MPJ to take the max extension, and then after that ends, he'll leave. That's just what I expect. I could be wrong on that. That's, you know, eight years in the future. Maybe MPJ changes his mind and, you know, just becomes an, like grows and matures. And is just like, you know what? Denver's my home and this is my team and everything. And just wants to stay and everybody wants to stay. And it's great. But my expectation would be that he signs the extension, the super max uh, extension that he's got eligible, not super max, but the max extension he's eligible for. And then he's, he's uh, off into whatever free agency landscape he wants to, to write off into. That's going to my, he's got that new podcast uh, that has me terrified. Do what? He's got that new podcast that he's starting mm-hmm. that has me absolutely horrified. <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Man. It's, it's going to be so much good content. It's going to be enjoyable. Oh, look who decided to show up. I'm here. Hey, buddy. Um, we're, talk- we're talking about TV media deals and MPJ having a podcast. That's what we're, we're talking about right oh, now. Oh, boy. Maybe I should leave. <laughs> maybe I maybe I should have taken the day off. <laughs> All right, I'm, thanks I'm, for the. I'm nervous. I'm very nervous. Um, curious, Mike. I'm very nervous for what that could entail. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's concerning. Um, Omar, thanks. We're gonna get some other folks up, but thanks for. The All notes. right. Take care. Uh, Carlos asked, "How much do you think a PJ Dozier extension would cost the Nuggets?" Oh boy. Man. Oh boy. Man, they got a lot of money they're gonna have to pay. Um You know, I can't imagine it'd be much. Like the the market on PJ like 
the internal value on PJ Dozier is a lot higher than it is anywhere else in the league. Like nobody looks at PJ Dozier and goes like, you know, he's really good. Um, I even checked in with some scouts on this, and they're like, yeah, he's fine. really, yeah, really? yeah. Hmm. yeah I, I asked, I asked a few scouts. I was like, what do you think of PJ Dozier? Like he's fine. And so, like, there's not like a whole like, ooh. Um, now there are. I will say this: like, I talked to a GM this week who basically said, like, look, at this point, if Denver thinks a guy is good, we should all think that guy is good. That's, that's pretty fine. So, uh, who is the best guy that Denver has hyped up that turned out to not be very good? I mean, Trey uh, Lyles. Oh, there's guys um, taken, you know, like Trey Lyles, but I don't know about guys they actually had on the team and were playing. We're like, hey, this guy's good. Oh, you mean actually playing? Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I like Dozier, they clearly think is good. You know, they, I, I would have said the guy. I forget his his name that they drafted in the in the disaster draft. Oh, Tyler White. But they got a handful of guys that have like they. I mean, Moutier wasn't necessarily good. Even Wancho, you know, was you know not so great. So they've had some guys, but I just wonder. If, I'm, I'm just wondering if guys they've committed to, you know, even second contract or whatever. For me, PJ Dozier is a guy that was right on the cusp of becoming good. You know, like, like he hasn't proven it yet. I, I, I think he he's a guy that hasn't didn't play consistent minutes until this year and it was starting to look like okay here it is he's ready to make the leap and then he got hurt so I, I think had he finished out the season and even gone into the playoffs I wouldn't be surprised if that extension cost a lot of money and other teams were interested but with how it played out I, I almost feel bad for him it was a really poorly timed injury on his part because his best opportunity was being handed to him so I think um Part of the whole conversation is well. I'll ask this: Do you think the Dozier? Did, how did you like Dozier as a wing this year? Like as a three? You mean when he was yeah? Playing do you like him better as a three? Because I like him better as a, as a guard. Yeah, I like him better as a guard too. I like his playmaking. Like I, I think that for for threes, you either need to be like not LeBron level, but one of those really high level takeover guys on the wing or you need to be you know a Defender. not three and d you can have it's good to have some playmaking it's good to have some ability to move the ball i'm not saying not to have it because like playmaking is at such a high value right now but i think that's a, the exciting thing with dozier is that if he can get a shot where it needs to be there's so much that he can do like that's the kind of guys that you need because i'm i'm fixated on this after watching the suns last night where i'm just like they just don't have any weaknesses Right. In terms of, there's not a guy on defense that you're like, we're going to target him. And there's not right. a guy on offense that you're like, we're going to leave him alone. Right. Yeah. So. When you get to the top, you either have dominant superstar, like multiple, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis. Or you end up getting a team that's so well-rounded, like the Phoenix Suns, where you're right. They have five, six, seven guys that can play in a motion offense and make reads and passes and shots and guard multiple positions and multiple rotations. Um, I think those are... If Will Barton is not back, and who knows? By the way, Will Barton in the celebrity baseball game uh, this weekend for All Star Weekend, which is kind of hilarious to me. But also, maybe just a little telling: his contract date, his guarantee date, is only a week and a half away, um, and here he is in Denver, you know, for the All Star game. Take take with that what you will. But if he's not back, Monte Morris and uh, PJ Dozier to me are the most likely guys to be the starting shooting guard, or in Monte's case, starting point guard and, and Jamal Murray would move to shooting guard. So I part part of me wonders if he actually takes on a pretty big role for Denver going forward. 
Uh, Zach, we'll get to you in just one second. I do want to comment on Omar's uh, question of anything on Dater's rumor that they'll move the Avs and Nuggets to Commerce City near Dick's Sporting Goods uh, Park. Beautiful park, by the way, which I went to for that that uh, Rapids game. Um, so here, here's I've heard a bunch of different things. I've heard a bunch of different things. I've heard that they're going to move Elitches out and build a new complex there. That was like several years ago. I've heard that they, I've heard the the Commerce City stuff. Uh, I've heard that they might keep everything the same and just build a new practice city somewhere north. Um, maybe conceptually near, near Dick's that would make the most sense that that to me makes the most sense for them to move practice facilities right. north. And if it sounds like, yeah, but that's away from the arena, that's not uncommon. Like most teams have their facilities away from the arena. Um, and you just build a building that's out like there's the, the, uh, the rapids have such a building out there that I noticed. I was like, Oh, that's like their training facility. Um, so you can just build another one out there. There's lots of space up there in Commerce City. So you've got that kind of room to be able to to build something. So that, to me, seems like the most likely scenario versus building, um, like, any sort of, like, new arena. But I do think that there's a good chance that they relocate that stuff out there. That's what I've – that's the stuff that I've heard through the years is most likely. But uh, I'll just continue to say this. We, we've talked so much about money in the last day here on this show – um, on last night's show with TJ and then today, the Cronkies lost all of that attendance revenue from multiple teams for a year. And they lost the ad revenue from Altitude on Comcast for a year. <laughs> like, the the amount of, of red that KSE has taken on relative to expectations is, like, I just can't imagine there's not going to be consequences to that. Yeah, yeah. I, if just from the concept of it, I would be so disappointed if they moved it out to Commerce City. And yes, there's a lot of land and they could build an enormous facility, but there's not a lot out there. I mean, you got Northfield and you've got, um, you know, you got Northfield and you've got uh, Stapleton close by. But if you're a player, you know, most of the players live downtown near the arena. That is still a 15, 20 minute drive. Um, so I know splitting the difference, a lot of teams do it, but it's kind of a drag when you have two different places to have to go. So I would be a little disappointed in that. If they moved the arena, then for sure you'd be disappointed. I mean, that, that's such a like 1980s, 90s thing when you have it out in the burbs somewhere. Nowadays, everybody wants to be in the city. You go to the game, then immediately afterwards yeah. you go out for the weekend. So if you're in Well, I think that's kind of the idea. Is like, yeah, I think that part of the idea is like they would build. I'll tell you this. Anything that they do, they will copy what they did with the Ram Stadium and build like a whole complex. Like they want their own Staples Center, essentially, people, with LA Lot. Do people want that endeavor? Maybe the city's changing and they have a better sort of real estate vision. I mean, that is what, where the Cronkies have made their money through real estate. So maybe they have this great vision for it. But to me, I just can't imagine saying, hey, let's go out. Even if they build up that area, you go out to the game and then you have to hang out at those select bars. It's just, I, I don't like that feeling, but maybe that's what they do. I'll also disagree with you on um, the players because the players I talk to in various places, both San Antonio, Cleveland, who has a facility like this, um, and Oklahoma City, I ask them about it. And like, granted, this is San Antonio, Cleveland, and Oklahoma City versus Denver. But uh, the players did say they're like, no, the reason I like it is because everything is in one place. They're not on different floors or levels. Right. And mm-hmm. it, I get to just like go out. It's removed from everything. It feels like I'm just in a place to work. 
Like they mm-hmm. actually like that. It's, and then there's not the interruptions of stuff. Cause somebody, a player on the Cavs once told me, he's like, we have like, a, we'll, we'll go, I'll go in to go practice. And it's like, Oh, we have to use this other court today or we have to do something else because uh, there's a, a, there's a stadium show. Like there's a concert and those interruptions and people moving stuff is just distracting. So like a place where it's like just players, that's very isolated and, uh, secure i guess maybe is the word for it okay. uh, nobody's gonna bother you out here i know firsthand palmer city pride baby <laughs> um eric asked earlier do you think the, the nuggets are gonna guarantee vlatko's contract i'll let you answer that one as the internet's new number one vlatko fan yes okay we'll, <laughs> i we'll, don't know i don't know how many I would say yes. You don't want another year, in my opinion, with seven or eight guys turning over, and he's one that you think okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of this stuff is like they're just gonna have to keep some guys because they can't, <laughs> like, they just have them, and so they can keep them. <laughs> like, you just gotta like fill roster spots. This is part of the deal. So that that I think is part of the the conversation. Um, I did like that Omar commented there might be a chance for you to watch Hawks and Other Birds in your conversation. Already. Uh, Zach Smith wants to get up on the Zach, what's up, man? Hey, how are you guys? First Good, of how are all, you? Yeah, first of all, just wanted to say thanks for running the show. It's a really good resource for me to follow the Nuggets from very far out of town. So thank you very much. And uh, I was listening to just your last pod about the uh, free agents. And before that, I was uh, looking over the free agent list, and I saw uh, TLC, Timote Luawu Cabarro from uh, the Nets. And he mm. didn't play a lot this year, it seems like, but in the bubble last year, he was really great. And he's a guard, you know, or wing type player, 3 and D maybe, and uh, could be like a margin pickup that the Nuggets might want to hit. What do you think about that? I'm not a I'm not I'm not a huge um, TLC guy, but um, I remember when Nuggets fans were really clamoring for him back when he was first drafted. But to me, he's just a guy. I don't I don't even know that he's a guy that you look at the Suns and and this Bucks team, and you think okay, their worst players that are getting rotation minutes are still pretty good and reliable, uh, especially in Phoenix's side. I don't know that Timothy. I, what, what what would I consider him to be reliable for in an NBA Finals game? I don't think his shooting is a little streaky. I don't think his defense is fantastic. So he's just kind of a mediocre at all things kind of guy to me. So we were talking about this last night on the show, Adam. Uh, TJ and I were about their limited options if they opt in. Um, if if Will and Jermichael. Jermichael opt in. And that basically it's going to be like the MLE, right? And so, you know, you're maxed at between 8 and $9 million. And so the question is, like, can you, are you, can you get a guy – that is in this in, in this free agency class. That's actually going to be a guy you trust in an NBA final series with the MLE for right. this team. You know, like I mean, I think that there's guys that you can be surprised by, right? Like nobody expected. If I told you a year ago, campaign was going right. to be a serious contributor for a finals team, you would have said I was nuts. And if I said Cam Johnson was going to turn into Clay Thompson, you would have been like, "That's crazy." So there's there's obviously opportunities for guys to step up, but I, you know I think I think Luwawu fits in that category of some of the guys that, that TJ and I talked about, which were like guys like Reggie Bullock and and those kind of guys, mm-hmm. and they are just guys. 
but I think you're just trying to buy minutes where you're not <laughs> like, like the Bucks guy is like Bryn Forbes. Like he's just a guy, but the problem is like Bryn Forbes. Well, no, but is, he's a shooter. No, see, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying about TLC is Bryn Forbes is an elite shooter. Who's kind of bad at everything else, but at least you could say, okay, we need some shooting. So let's throw him out there. I'm not sure what you get with TLC. Just get a guy that's okay. And that works like a first round player. Okay. That works a jack of all trades who fills in the gaps. But the more you get up and the more teams are like, okay, we can really start to take things away. Now all of a sudden you're needing a guy to step up and make plays. And I just I, I think there's like a ceiling on all of his skill sets. Yeah, and I mean Cabro shot thirty one percent from three last year for the Nets, which that's gotta be like a little concerning. Like Yeah. That I, I will say that's a little concerning. Like I think the athleticism is good. He's got a little bit of shiftiness on the handle. But, like, if my choices are between, like we mentioned last night, Reggie Bullock or Cabarro, I would definitely lean towards Bullock. But if – I'll say this. Like, if they brought on Cabarro, it wouldn't be, I don't think, outside of kind of their history. And I think it would be, like, again, fine. It just wouldn't be an upgrade. It wouldn't be like a, ooh, you know, got, you know and they got Cabarro now. You'd just be like, all right, and then here's a guy that's going to get some minutes. What about, like, a Fournier? Yeah, we talked about him. I just after how his time ended, which was in the Conley era, I can't see Tim being like, yeah. I just I personally can't see him coming. Like I, <laughs> well, hmm. if anybody's gonna make a return on the wing that used to play for the Nuggets, don't think that's the one. Who is it? I don't know who you're referencing. Uh, there's a, a a guy who is often discussed as deserving his name in the rafters. So, you think no way? I think Are, so. No way. Well, Mello, or you're talking about Mello? I assume. Like you're thinking, yeah. Mello is. They're telling me that you need to take your hand off the that you're touching the mic, and that's why you sound far away. I'm not. I don't know what the. I yeah, you just whatever you just did fixed it. Uh, man, I, I must be like a bad connection on my wire because it's very. It must be sensitive. But anyway, I. There's no way I could see Melo. First of all, I keep telling people I'm convinced. We, we talked about this area. I'm convinced Chris Paul and Melo are both going to be in L.A. <laughs> with the Lakers, and it's just going to happen that people need to prepare. their. Especially Chris Paul gets his championship in Phoenix, and it's like, okay, nothing left to prove. Um, but, no, I don't think Melo even has a role in Denver. I don't, I don't know what he would bring to the equation. I like Shooting. that. I, I, wish, I wish it was a storyline. Like, I think it would be really cool for him to come back and win the fan base back over and ride off in the sunset. I just don't see it. Uh, Omar says, I'm bringing back Wancho. <laughs> <That's, laughs> I would rather bring back Jared Vanderbilt. I'll say that. Like, I think Vanderbilt would be I, – I, I think Jared, I think Vanderbilt could play. He was really good for the Wolves this year, um, comparatively speaking. Um Sheku asks, has Gordon's series against the Suns changed your minds about how he's going to look next year in an expanded role with Murray out? Uh, I'll say no for two reasons. One, everybody was dog-ass tired at the end of that series. Everybody was dog-ass tired at the end of these playoffs. Everybody was dog-ass tired at the end of, the, of this regular season. And so I think getting like an actual offseason will help Gordon and he'll – feel better and be have a little bit more athleticism and pep in his step and that'll be good and then two you can't like they didn't have an opportunity to build him into the offense they had no practice time like they had no practice time so they get a full off season to go and say okay how can we use Aaron effectively and Aaron gets to not feel so like hyped up and pressured off of being the guy 
that they traded for and then having to like do all the defensive work that he did. If you want to know, like I asked KD about this a couple of years ago about how important it is to conserve your energy and balance your energy between offense and defense. And, you know, he talked a lot about it. Um, you, you're seeing that impact, I think, with Drew Holiday. Because Drew Holiday had one of the best finals defensive games I've ever seen last night and was absolute trash yeah. on offense. Yeah. And so, like, this is this is part of the equation is Gordon has to be able to go both ways. But he doesn't have to do that until the playoffs. And so, uh, I, I think, look... I can't sit here and say that, like, oh, you know what? I think Gordon's going to shoot 40% from three next year. Probably not, right? And if he shoots poorly, that's going to be a storyline from distance. But I still think that the Nuggets will find a lot of ways to get him easy looks and system buckets in the regular season. Yeah, I, I think there is a way to unlock his game for this new version without Murray. I mean, first of all, with Murray, I, I think that he's going to look as great as he did Um you know, with Murray, when Murray was healthy, those six games or whatever it was. So I don't think it's a prize, just a question of, and I think it was the question he was asking about when Murray's not healthy, how will it go? And um, look, there's things you can do to, to build him in. Denver had a couple plays, most notably that 5-4 pick and roll that him and Jokic ran that worked almost every single time. I think you find, you know, two or three more of those that you just become little pet plays to get him easy buckets that always work. But I just don't think he's an offensive player. I think the reason he looks so good next to Murray is that he was the fourth or fifth option, and that's probably his light, his right role on this team. Uh, Pete Sutton asked, any first or second year players out there who've disappointed worth trying to get for a good price? Um, so most of them are on are on deals for the first two seasons. There are a couple guys that are on that have team options um, that are likely to be on the market. Uh, Edmund Sumner from the Pacers, actually, I, th- I really liked what he showed this year. Um, Ryan Archidiacono is like my guy. I just, <laughs> oh my gosh, I, how is this your guy? I love man. The, I can't the believe metrics, you, man. All of the metrics, oh. like they're really good, and he's a shooter, and like there's a lot. I hate Faku, love Archidiacono. I just don't get some of, some <laughs> of these 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 guys you like versus who you hate is because oh, infuriating. I, 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 <laughs> Like I saw, I saw his, I saw his efficiency and I was like, how, like this, this can't be real. And so like, I started going to the, the, the clips. I'm telling you, like, there's something there. There's something there. Right. I believe in Archie Diacono. Come on. You believed in Bull Bull and Blacko Chanchar. I get Ryan Archie Diacono. <laughs> it's who you hate versus who you love is what killed. Cause that's the, that's the guy I would have been like, oh, he hates that guy for sure. But turns out you like him. I don't know the Raymond reason. It's wild. No, no, I don't. I don't hate anyone, Adam. I have nothing but love in my heart. And <laughs> of course, I, I. The cool thing about Ryan versus some other players, you know, is that he doesn't get mistaken for a child when he's out in public. So, uh, Fazio asks, "Can you hype up Jaden Springer for the chat?" Oh my gosh! If there is, I don't think there's. I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way, Fazio. Uh, I have bet at three different books that that Jaden Springer is going to go under the twentieth pick that he will not make it to 20. If he falls to 26, I will I will rush the front office's war room. <laughs> leap over Booth and, and grab the phone and call in Jaden Pers- Springer. Personally pick him. <laughs> nice. Like, Tell, I will, me about I will Tell me about it. I don't know this guy. I haven't, I don't, I haven't got to here. I mean, I'm going guy by guy um, in my scouting right now. I haven't got to him. Tell me about him. He's I just – there's so – a lot of it is just like – the uh, even if, if it's not me, mm-hmm. right, 
the guys that I trust the most on this stuff who are not necessarily like the big name draft guys, they like Jaden Springer a ton. Like 6'4", with a six seven seven and a half wing six seven and a half wingspan, uh, he's got like he's he's overwhelming at the point of attack. Like he's just able. Smaller guards can't handle his power under the rim, um, and had a true shooting mark of fifty seven percent with a forty three point five percent shooting mark from three last year. Like. He's not going to be a primary scorer. He's not a superstar, but as a complimentary guy, I like. I would do if I were a team. He's the guy in the top twenty that if I'm not getting a top five pick, I'm going after. That's crazy! Wow. Hmm. I'll have to check him out. Where Very did he play? High Where did he play? Tennessee. Okay. Um. Yeah, Tennessee. Um. I have one of my guys has him before Moses Moody. That's how good that that's how much this guy believes in him. And he's a guy that I really trust. So um let's see what else. Uh what are the odds we could get a Devontae Graham on a one year deal where he tries to improve his value? Man, I don't know. Like the Hornets really like him. So I have no idea what Devontae's gonna get in free agency. He he might be one of those guys that falls through the cracks and it's like, oh, nobody nobody took him. Um, you'd have the same problem with his size. Like that's the issue is if you can't add Devonte Graham to a backcourt, that's yeah. Monte, Faku, and yeah. him. Like if you if you moved Faku and added Devonte, but one of the issues I think with like bringing over Faku, it's really difficult to be like to finally convince a guy to come over from a storied, legendary overseas career. And then trade him. Like that's that that is that that would be very unlikely. Yeah, in my I mind. agree. I agree. Um, but that's so that's the deal with Devonte is like, look at if they traded Monte and something else to get an upgrade, then sure, I think Devonte fills in fine. He's not as good as Monte in terms of his reliability, but he's more explosive. He's a, like a phenomenal shooter. So. There's that opportunity, but I, I'm just not sure that the fit is there. Uh, Shaku also asked, I'm behind on my Nuggets coverage. Has there been any word on Porter's back tweak, hopefully minor, and if they plan to extend him or let him reach restricted free agency? The expectation – so I haven't talked to anybody in the Nuggets about this yet. Um, I tend to want to let things percolate a little bit before I go digging. I will tell you that my expectation is that he gets the max extension this summer. Do you have any reason to think that that's wrong, Adam? The only thing I would say is that there's all those interesting sort of, um, you know, you can only have so many max guys. And I know they have a spot available because Jokic did the, um, you know, they had incentives built in. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was similar for MPJ where there were some incentives that maybe are even slightly less likely than Jokic's were. So max-ish is what I would say. Max-ish. That's a good term for it. Like one of those deals that gets reported by Shams at like a figure that is 16 million more than what he's right. actually going to wind up with, with the incentives. Exactly. That sounds, that like sounds you, about right. You play 70 games. It's about, you know, $500,000 bonus every single year. And... Right. Uh, by the way, breaking news, Marcus, Morris is reporting. Marcus Howard will lead summer league in scoring locks. Marcus okay. Morris hyping up Marcus Howard and score out. 
I, was, was it us that were talking about this the other day about how we just talk about Marcus Morris as if he's a traditional two way, which he might be. I mean, the odds are that he's just a two way guy that's around for two years and they never hear from again. But, you know, he, did, he is a good shot maker. Maybe I, I always wonder if there's like these guys could be molded in to be these silly scorers that have some kind of role. I, I'm not really buying it necessarily, but maybe. Oh, I, I think I think he absolutely can. The best thing about summer league is that there's no organized offense whatsoever. You're, we're getting static on your end again, buddy. Um, God, man, how is this happening? Do you have AirPods? Well, somebody in the chat suggested AirPods for you. Try. Um. No, so like in in summer league, there's no constructed offense. Like there's no organized offense, so the guards get to do whatever they want. This sounds awesome for Marcus Howard. Like, I, I'm going to try to get the books to, to put up player props for these Summer League games. And then I'll just bet the Marcus Howard over in every game. Because, <laughs> like, I don't think there's any, any big man. I mean, I guess you would assume Zeke's going to play. Right? What's that say? I just hooked my AirPods up. Maybe this is better. I don't know. It, yeah, it sounds great, buddy. It sounds so good. Thank you for doing that for us. We really appreciate it. Um, for sure. I said... May, do you think Zeke plays in summer league? We assume so, right? Oh, he's going to dominate. He's going to okay. play for sure. Yeah, I think there's, there's, of course, I think absolutely he's going to play. Um, Jack, he's asked, the guy I'm, I'm most interested in watching. By the way, Marcus Howard will be fun, but I'm much more intrigued by um, Zeke Naji. and Bull Bull oh, no, is J- still on the team. <laughs> Bull Bull is still on the team. I mean, who um, knows? J- Jack Jack is trying to put me in a in a not Sophie's choice, but something close to it with, uh, do you, who do you value more Collins on a max or MPJ on a max? That's tough for me. Um, gosh, immediately John Collins over the the course of the contract MPJ. Like, I just feel like it's going to take MPJ a, a, a little while to get to that level where we're like, Oh no, like, he comes in. I can see him coming like two years from now. He just comes out and we're like, oh, somebody learned how to dribble and just is absolutely destroying everyone. But I think it, it might take a little while. I think it I, I don't know. I mean, maybe not. Maybe he goes. Maybe he goes into the lab and is just like he comes back with a completely revolutionized handle and has so much more feel for the game. And like everything is like <laughs> I, I don't have any sort of way to do like probabilities on MPJ's career. And, and that's from like skill development to health to everything. He's just, yeah. anything is possible. And that includes all the bad <laughs> outcomes as well. But, um, sure. you know, for the Nuggets, like would the Nuggets be better next year with John Collins than MPJ? Probably not. It's tough for me. I'm just like, I'm super high on Collins. What's funny is there are guys that think that John Collins is absolutely terrible on defense. And mm-hmm. there's guys like me that have seen like he has the potential to be really good on defense, depending on what the matchup is. So um, what's the best one for one trade for MPJ right now? Zach asks the one, what trade one for one. Like if you try MPJ right, oh, right now, right one now, for like, one let's, trade. forget about the cap restrictions. Let's just like OG and Anobi. Oof, oof, oof. Um, like, like, my, the promise of Michael Porter is higher than OG Ananobi, like pretty, pretty definitively. But the likeliness of him getting there is so, you know, that's the risk. See, I think it's Beal. Um, 
and that's based off of the fact that it, that the only way that they trade Beal is if Beal says I want out, right? And so it's just like, even if Beal doesn't necessarily, that's do not the a things, one for one trade, man. I mean, you're man. I don't know. Beal's already there. He's scored thirty points a game this year. Yeah. No. What I'm saying though is, if you're the if you're the Wizards, and Beal says I want out, trade me yeah. to a contender, and he says the Nuggets are on my list. And the Nuggets were to say, I'll give you MPJ, which I don't think they would. But if they were to, what team is going to give them a prospect better than MPJ? Because if you're rebuilding, you want a young guy. Yeah. And so, like, who, who's better than that? Like, I, I don't honestly have a, a any name. I mean, Miami fans might say Tyler Hero, but I don't see how you can possibly say that you'd rather have Tyler Hero than MPJ. 6'10", 50'40", 90". Of course not. In a way, yeah. Yeah, um, it's funny. I still the think guy. I. I still think it's OG and Anobi. We 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 got so many Raptors. I asked last night about um, like actual big name additions if Barton and Jamichael opted out, and TJ floated Norman Powell at me, and I was just like, meh, meh. Yeah, that's how I am with OG too. I'm just like, meh. I like, think OG is better than Norman Powell. I mean, OG is a, OG is a championship caliber starter. Wow. Um, well, I mean, didn't they win one with him? <laughs> so uh, part of this is not not revelatory, but he, he he's just, he's a, a to me elite defender, reliable shooter, low mistake player. He's just not a star. Yeah, but you probably don't have to pay him like one. And and MPJ, you do. That's the thing about that's what's so funny about molds of players is Michael Porter is a star mold. So whether or not he actually becomes one, you got to pay him like one. I think he will become one, by the way. people. Know, whenever I have these conversations, people are like, man, you're so low. I'm very high on MPJ. You know this, Matt. Like, I'm yeah. very high on his upside, yeah. but it's a, it's just a risk, man. Players reaching their upside is, is very difficult. It takes a combination of a lot of different things that I think get overlooked, and we'll, we'll, just, I, we'll I think, see. I think you and I both ha- think that his ceiling is higher than most people's, like what they think of it, and I think you and I both think that his, his floor is lower, too. Because I think we're more aware of the limitations, risks, and, like, the things that can go wrong from a – like, some of this is what the player decides, right? Like, MPJ has to make decisions about what kind of player he wants to be and how great he wants to be and how open right. he is to, to criticism and how he matures and grows. Because some guys, you know I, – I, like, I say this with, with, like, full knowledge that, like, I don't think I was a mature 28-year-old. I don't think I, I really started to mature until I was, like, 30. Um and so I think some of that perspective is um, built on what MPJ decides. Like if MPJ stays healthy, that's part of it. But it's also, you know, does is he is the, all the stuff that Malone's tried to do to get him to buy in, does that translate? You know, I think those are, are questions that that matter for determining where MPJ right. ends up. Right. Uh, OG was hurt when they won. Sheku says, "I don't remember that." I think, I think, yeah, I think he was. That, yeah, Sheku, that was uh, two years ago, which might as well have been uh, twenty years ago because I don't remember anything before the pandemic. Just, I'm lucky I remember who Nikola is. Um, this is your classic, like guy who hits base hits versus guys that hits home runs. Some, you know, like OG yeah. Ananobi is just a solid base. Like you just know what you get from him. Yeah. Um, Zach Ashley asks about. Would you do MPJ for Demonis Sabonis? No, I mean, what does Nuggets have a need for Sabonis? Yeah, they, I don't think like they don't have any need. Big, it's not gonna great, play big, big, big passer, they play well together, but it's just not what you need. So, 
Um, loves the bonus, but no, that's, yeah. that, that is not a, now what I do. Oh boy. Here's a, here's a, here's one. Would you do MPJ for Brogdon? No, for me, Brogdon, I love Brogdon. He might've gone to become the most overrated player to me. Like, he's a really good player, but that's a stacked position and he's pretty good, but he's not, you watch these playoffs and you see a Devin Booker, a Chris Paul, even a Drew Holiday. Sure. Do you see that the top, you see what it takes and then you go like Brogdon's really good, but is he better than any of those guys? And yeah. what do you, t- and if not, then is he like Jamal Murray, in my opinion, can go toe to toe with Devin Booker, whether he's good enough or not. I would not at all be surprised if he outgunned him in a playoff series at the highest level. Malcolm right. Brogdon, 100% I would be surprised if that happened. Yeah, but the, I guess the question is, like, next to Jokic, could their performance be superior to, like, could that be a counter to what Mikhail Bridges gives you, right? Playmaking and shooting. Oh, right? Malcolm Brogdon could definitely be Denver's fourth best player, or fifth best player. Yeah. Um, I want to, I, I just want to ask this question. Because you you've floated the idea in the past. If there was a conceptual framework, I'm not going to try and get into what it would cost. Okay, let's assume that the Nuggets keep Jokic, Gordon, and Murray, and MPJ is like in the ether here. Okay, okay. would you want Ben Simmons on the Nuggets at this point? Alongside uh, Gordon, I don't think it makes sense. I mean, it, as much as I'm all. People know I'm all aboard Ben Simmons. I think he's incredible, but you have to kind of build the team around him as much as you do anybody. It's very precarious how you bring him onto the team, and if it's with Gordon, it doesn't make sense to me. If Ben now, if you trade you- if you trade Gordon like for whatever yeah. you could get for him, then maybe. Um, I do think a Simmons Murray Jokic trio is makes a lot of sense, but um, yeah, your your two and your three then all have to be very carefully picked. If Simmons said he was willing to play power forward. Would you trade Gordon and multiple picks for Ben Simmons? You going to keep Michael Porter? Yes. Oh, in a heartbeat. I've been floating okay. this around. Like, I, there's honestly nothing I wouldn't trade if you could keep Denver's current big three, you know, with MPJ. There's nothing I wouldn't trade. No future picks, players, or anything. Because I honestly think that there's very few teams that have four players as good as those four. I don't think there's any, actually. Um, so automatic, and, and they fit together, in my opinion, they fit together very nicely. So no, no question about it. Uh, Zach asked, did anyone talk about the weird Murray to Lakers stories in the last couple of days? I haven't seen them. Me either. I tend, ignore, I tend to ignore most of this. I'll just say that like, um, Denver's not trading him. So I don't yeah, know how that would even happen. Like what Denver's not I, trading I him. They're going to trade the Lakers. I said earlier that I think Jamal is more in the mindset as long as the Nuggets are contending. Now look. This is where we talked about the, all the stuff with the Cronkies. If they go in and they're like, mm, sorry, we can't do the extensions for both because we lost too much money. So we're going to need you to avoid the cap. Like, if that's a decision that they make, the players will notice it. Like, you had better put uh, Jamal, I think, even more so than Nicola, will demand that they do what they have to, yeah. to put a contending team around. And if you don't, Jamal is going to remember that the next time that his deal is up. Jamal went to the Raptors finals, and then last year he couldn't go to the finals, right? He was in the bubble. And then this year he's been in Phoenix for the finals, and I've seen some people upset about it. I, I don't mind it. I actually think it's really interesting because, to me, Jamal Murray wants it so bad. Like, part of me thinks he's just taking in the atmosphere and the feel, and in a weird way, maybe he'll be even more prepared should he ever arrive at the finals just because it's like he's breathing. He's trying to get the experience, you know, so – um, I think absolutely he wants to win, and you're right. He will notice if, if Denver's not doing it right they can. 
Why would people be mad at it? I'm confused. Well, people. First of all, Matt, is this your first day on the internet? The people can be <laughs> people can be upset about it. The color of a person's shoes, they can be upset about. But um, true. true, true story. Yeah, I guess I would just say that, like, um, for it's not like Jamal. You know, one. Let, even if Jamal was healthy, there's nothing for him to do. This is like right. this is the <laughs> right. time. Like this is the time when the NBA trainers are like, no, just go get your body back to normal. Like just go rest. Don't, if you want to work out, it's okay. You can play a little bit, but like you need to be real and you ramp up slowly over the course of the off season. Right. With the injury, he's not even able to do that stuff. I'm sure he is doing that stuff. I'm sure he's got a gym in Phoenix that he's working out at, but you know, he loves basketball. That's what you want to see. Like I'm, if I'm a fan, I am really encouraged by the fact that Jamal Murray is deciding, I want to go watch the finals and see that moment and how much it will drive him versus Instagram videos of him jumping off of a cliff in the Adriatic or whatever. Like <laughs> that's that, like that's For sure. I agree. And that's not a dig at the, at the ball because that's that's a dig at like I've seen like like DeAndre Jordan was doing that one year during the finals. Like I just remember that from a random memory. <laughs> and so like I want I want I'd rather see those guys with that and hang out with sons and four guys. The question. Guys, it, he did one picture with a dude. It doesn't really matter. Like, it just, it really doesn't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. like, it's it's just, I understand why it feels that way. But I, I think it's very hard to make the argument that Jamal doesn't have, isn't defensive of Denver, isn't defensive of the team. Like, he's he's the one that's always, like, keep sleeping, dis, you know, disrespect, we were disrespected, all that stuff. Like, that I, I think it's hard to make that argument. Yeah. yeah. Like if he's whispering, that's not happening with me. I bet he would. I mean, he'd be like, yeah, wait till next year. I bet that's exactly. For sure. Right. For sure. For sure. I do think though, it is interesting because he went to the Raptors have an incredible fan base. And when they were in the finals, there was nothing like Toronto, you know, and then I think Phoenix has shown an incredible one. I think Denver can get there. They have, a, they've had very good, you know, They've had some very good crowds even recently. I think that with them not being on TV, there's been a huge halted momentum. And you talk about, will players notice, you know, if the Cronkies aren't willing to go into the text to build a contender. I also wonder if they just realize, like, hey, man, why is our city not on fire like all these other ones for their Ooh. basketball team? Yeah. And I just, like, I mean, I, I don't think you can walk around Phoenix right now. Based on all the things we're seeing with people, players going to the airport to greet the team. I don't think you can go to that and see like, oh wow, that's better than what we have right now in Denver. Yeah, yeah. No, the the Nuggets fever is a is very mild. It is a mild fever at the moment. It's it's very nine. It's it's very like ninety nine, ninety nine point five. You might like you you might keep them home from school, but you're more annoyed by it than anything. That's that's the fever. Put them on TV again, and they're going to be take over the city again. Just will that happen? We'll find out. All right, that'll wrap it up for Friday's live show. Thanks for joining us, guys. You guys are awesome as always. I love doing these; these are so good. You guys' questions are so good. The community's so awesome. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Nuggets. We'll be back next week with another live show on Friday at noon episode of this podcast uh, this episode will be up in the feeds later today thanks for joining us on locked on nuggets for adam mares i'm matt moore thanks for joining us on locked on nuggets